Good day, it's October 24th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide, where each day we read and reflect upon consecutive passages of the Old and New Testaments, completing the entire journey reading all 66 books from Genesis to Revelation in a year. My name is David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and I am pleased to serve as your host. Did you know that if every Bible in the world were destroyed, we would still be able to reconstruct it, as there have been so many other books that contain direct quotes of passages, including commentaries containing every verse? It is encouraging to know that by the end of the year, you will have downloaded an audio recording of both the entire Bible and a commentary. I appreciate Ray Bradbury's dystopian book, Fahrenheit 451, which was made into a film by Francois Truffaut, Paper Burns at 451 Degrees Fahrenheit. According to Bradbury's fictitious story, in a future age, all printed materials are banned because they interfere with the government's control of people's thought life. In the upside-down culture of that day, the protagonist works at the local firehouse where the firemen are ordered to start fires rather than put them out. Their responsibility is to burn any book that is found. Dutiful citizens are to spy on their neighbors and report any rebels in their neighborhoods suspected of having a book. The main character is eventually won over to reading and thinking for himself rather than having his mind dominated by the government-controlled audiovisual media. He joins a secret group of dissidents who live in a gypsy-style community in which everyone has committed a book to memory and recite the contents to others. In doing this, the legacy of the written word is preserved and people are challenged to think for themselves. How wonderful it is to hear the word of God read aloud and meditate upon it for ourselves. In today's reading from the New Testament, we will hear the Apostle Paul commending his son in the faith, Timothy, for being well acquainted with the Scriptures from an early age. He reminds Timothy, and in doing so reminds us, that all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Both Paul's letter to Timothy in the New Testament and Jeremiah in the Old Testament remind us that those who desire to live a godly life and stand for truth in their day will be persecuted. So we are called to stand strong in the grace of God. So let's go to today's reading in the book of Jeremiah, beginning with chapter 44, verse 24, and we will read through to chapter 47, verse 7. Jeremiah said to all the people and all the women, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who are in the land of Egypt. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You and your wives have declared with your mouths and have fulfilled it with your hands, saying, We will surely perform our vows that we have made to make offerings to the Queen of Heaven and to pour out drink offerings to her. Then confirm your vows and perform your vows. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who dwell in the land of Egypt, Behold, I have sworn by my great name, says the Lord, that my name shall no more be invoked by the mouth of any man of Judah in all the land of Egypt, saying, As the Lord lives. Behold, I am watching over them for disaster and not for good. All the men of Judah 
who are in the land of Egypt shall be consumed by the sword and by famine until there is an end of them. And those who escape the sword shall return from the land of Egypt to the land of Judah, few in number. And all the remnant of Judah who came to the land of Egypt to live shall know whose word will stand, mine or theirs. This shall be a sign to you, declares the Lord, that I will punish you in this place in order that you may know that my words will surely stand against you for harm. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will give Pharaoh, Hophrah, king of Egypt, into the hand of his enemies and into the hand of those who seek his life, as I gave Zedekiah, king of Judah, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who was his enemy and sought his life. Chapter 45 Message to Baruch The word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch, the son of Neriah, when he wrote these words in a book at the dictation of Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O Baruch. You said, Woe is me, for the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. I am weary with my groaning, and I find no rest. Thus you shall say to him, Thus says the Lord, Behold, what I have built I am breaking down, and what I have planted I am plucking up, that is, the whole land. And do you seek great things for yourself? Seek them not. For behold, I am bringing disaster upon all flesh, declares the Lord. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in all places to which you may go. Chapter 46 Judgment on Egypt the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet concerning the nations. About Egypt, concerning the army of Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, which was by the river Euphrates at Carchemish, and which Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, defeated in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Prepare buckler and shield, and advance for battle. Harness the horses. Mount, O horsemen, Take your stations with your helmets, polish your spears, put on your armor. Why have I seen it? They are dismayed and have turned backward. Their warriors are beaten down and have fled in haste. They look not back. Terror on every side, declares the Lord. The swift cannot flee away, nor the warrior escape. In the north by the river Euphrates they have stumbled and fallen. Who is this, rising like the Nile? like rivers whose waters surge. Egypt rises like the Nile, like rivers whose waters surge. He said, I will rise, I will cover the earth, I will destroy cities and their inhabitants. Advance, O horses, and rage, O chariots. Let the warriors go out, men of Cush and Put, who handle the shield, men of Lud, skilled in handling the bow. That day is the day of the Lord God of hosts, a day of vengeance, to avenge himself on his foes. The sword shall devour and be sated, and drink its fill of their blood. For the Lord God of hosts holds a sacrifice in the north country by the river Euphrates. Go up to Gilead and take balm, O virgin daughter of Egypt. In vain you have used many medicines. There is no healing for you. The nations have heard of your shame, and the earth is full of your cry. For warrior has stumbled against warrior, they have both fallen together. 
the word that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah the prophet about the coming of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, to strike the land of Egypt. Declare in Egypt and proclaim in Migdal, proclaim in Memphis and Tapanes. Say, Stand ready and be prepared, for the sword shall devour around you. Why are your mighty ones face down? They do not stand, because the Lord thrust them down. He made many stumble, and they fell. And they said to one another, Arise, and let us go back to our own people, and to the land of our birth, because of the sword of the oppressor. Call the name of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, noisy one who lets the hour go by. As I live, declares the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts, like Tabor among the mountains, and like Carmel by the sea, shall one come. Prepare yourselves baggage for exile, O inhabitants of Egypt, for Memphis shall become a waste, a ruin without inhabitant. A beautiful heifer is Egypt, but a biting fly from the north has come upon her. Even her hired soldiers in her midst are like fattened calves. Yes, they have turned and fled together. They did not stand, for the day of their calamity has come upon them, the time of their punishment. She makes a sound like a serpent gliding away, for her enemies march in force, and come against her with axes like those who fell trees. They shall cut down her forest, declares the Lord, though it is impenetrable, because they are more numerous than locusts. They are without number. The daughter of Egypt shall be put to shame. She shall be delivered into the hand of a people from the north. The Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, said, Behold, I am bringing punishment upon Ammon of Thebes, and Pharaoh, and Egypt, and her gods, and her kings, upon Pharaoh and those who trust in him. I will deliver them into the hand of those who seek their life, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and his officers. Afterward, Egypt shall be inhabited as in the days of old, declares the Lord. But fear not, O Jacob, my servant, nor be dismayed, O Israel, for behold, I will save you from far away and your offspring from the land of their captivity. Jacob shall return and have quiet and ease, and none shall make him afraid. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, declares the Lord, for I am with you. I will make a full end of all the nations to which I have driven you, but of you I will not make a full end. I will discipline you in just measure, and I will by no means leave you unpunished. Chapter 47 Judgment on the Philistines The word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet concerning the Philistines before Pharaoh struck down Gaza. Thus says the Lord, Behold, waters are rising out of the north and shall become an overflowing torrent. They shall overflow the land and all that fills it, the city and those who dwell in it. Men shall cry out, and every inhabitant of the land shall wail. At the noise of the stamping of the hoofs of his stallions, at the rushing of his chariots, at the rumbling of their wheels. The fathers look not back to their children, so feeble are their hands because of the day that is coming to destroy all the Philistines, to cut off from Tyre and Sidon every helper that remains. For the Lord is destroying the Philistines, the remnant of the coastland of Kaphstor. Baldness has come upon Gaza. Ascalon has perished. 
O remnant of their valley, how long will you gash yourselves? Ah, sword of the Lord, how long till you are quiet? Put yourself into your scabbard, rest and be still. How can it be quiet when the Lord has given it a charge? Against Ascalon and against the seashore he has appointed it. And this concludes our reading from today's portion from the Old Testament from the book of the prophecies of Jeremiah. Let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. The Judean remnant, the people who deceived themselves and deceived Jeremiah into thinking that they were sincere in their intentions to find out the will of God and do it, Jeremiah chapter 37 verse 9 and chapter 42 verse 2, once again rebel against the word of the Lord. They reject Jeremiah's prophecies. They abandon their stations in the promised land and vainly seek refuge in Egypt. They continue their idol worship, offering incense, cakes, and drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven, the fertility goddess Ishtar. Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 25. Jeremiah assures them that disaster awaits them in Egypt. Chapter 44, verse 27. He gives them a sign of the veracity of this prophecy, a prediction of the imminent death of Pharaoh Hophra. This sign was fulfilled in 570 B.C. Pharaoh Hophra is strangled by Amasis, one of his generals, paving the way for Nebuchadnezzar's invasion of Egypt in 568 B.C. Chapter 45 takes us back to the events recorded in chapter 36, verses 1 through 8. This portion of Jeremiah was written earlier, in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, 605 to 604 B.C., when Barak started to record Jeremiah's dictated messages on a scroll. Barak had a brother on the king's official staff. Barak could have had a comfortable government job, but instead he chose to identify with Jeremiah and serve as Jeremiah's secretary. Apparently, Barak was discouraged by the prophecies Jeremiah was dictating to him. They impacted his plans for the future. God was promising the destruction of his city, the removal of his people, and the conquest of the nation by foreign invaders, the Babylonians. Jeremiah prophesied that they would be in exile for seventy years. This is not how Barak was hoping to spend his life. He had different expectations. Barak was feeling that God was adding sorrow to his pain, in Jeremiah chapter 45, verse 3. Jeremiah is granted a word from the Lord that exposes the workings of Barak's heart. God's word reveals that Barak was more concerned with his personal ambitions and desire for comfort than the fulfillment of the purposes of God. Sadly, God would indeed have to bring judgment to his people and overthrow, tear down, and uproot what had been built in Jerusalem. But in the future, he would replant and build anew. God's ultimate purpose is for Barak's good. Therefore, he should put his hope in God. He was not to seek great things for himself because God was going to bring disaster to Jerusalem. Any prestigious, comfortable government job would lead to ruin. Jeremiah's message was purposed to remind Barak that he should be thankful that God was going to provide for his salvation, sparing his life from the calamities that would be happening all around him. He should not be sorrowing because God was not providing the life he had wanted, but rejoicing that he was providing for the life he needed. But you, are you seeking great things for yourself? Do not seek them, 
For behold, I am going to bring disaster on all flesh, declares the Lord. But I will give you your life to you as booty in all the places where you may go. Jeremiah chapter 45 verse 5 The response that God was looking for in Baruch was one that was found in his contemporary, the prophet Habakkuk, when he heard the news of the prophesied invasion. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 16 through 19 I heard, and my inward parts trembled. At the sound my lips quivered. Decay enters my bones, and in my place I tremble, because I must wait quietly for the day of distress, for the people to arise who will invade us. Though the fig tree should not blossom, and there be no fruit on the vines, though the yield of the olive should fail, and the fields produce no food, though the flock should be cut off from the fold, and there be no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord, I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and He has made my feet like hind's feet, and makes me walk on my high places. Remember that the book of Jeremiah is a compilation of his prophecies. They are not all in chronological order. God had ordained him to be a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. Chapters 2 through 45 were prophecies pertaining to the people of Judah. Chapters 46 through 51 contain prophecies pertaining to the surrounding heathen nations. Chapter 46 is Jeremiah's prophecy to Egypt. We have seen in history how Egypt encouraged Judah's revolt against Babylon. Assuring that she would protect Judah from the Babylonians, she proved that she was incapable to do so. Jeremiah predicts Egypt's defeat by Nebuchadnezzar at Carchemish in 609 B.C., in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, he pictures their panicking, retreating troops. Why have I seen it? They are terrified, they are drawing back, and their mighty men are defeated and have taken refuge in flight without facing back. Terror is on every side, declares the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 5. Archaeologists recovered the Chronicles of Chaldean Kings, dated from 626 to 556, B.C., now in the British Museum. These writings, from the Babylonian point of view, confirmed the retreating of the Egyptian armies before the Babylonians. You can read about this in the book by Donald Wiseman, The Chronicles of Chaldean Kings. Jeremiah predicts the ridicule that the Babylonians will bring against Pharaoh Necho. This is the same Pharaoh who had killed King Josiah of Judah. Jeremiah chapter 46, verse 17 they cried there, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, is but a big noise. He has let the appointed time pass by. Chapter 47 records Jeremiah's prophecy against the Philistines before Pharaoh attacked Gaza. The Philistines occupied the coastal plain of Judah and were a continual thorn in their side since the conquest of Canaan. In Judges chapter 3, verses 1-4, through 4. Now these are the nations which the Lord left to test Israel by them, that is, all who had not experienced any of the wars of Canaan, only in order that the generations of the sons of Israel might be taught war, those who had not experienced it formerly. These nations are the five lords of the Philistines, and all the Canaanites, and the Sidonians, 
and the Hivites who lived in Mount Lebanon, from Mount Baal Hermon as far as Lebo Hamath. They were for testing Israel, to find out if they would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he had commanded their fathers through Moses. Judges chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Many Israelite leaders had attempted to subdue the Philistines, such as Shamgar, Samson, Samuel, and Saul. It was only King David who was granted success in 2 Samuel chapter 8 verse 1. However, the Philistines regained their power under the reign of kings Jehoram and Ahaz of Judah. In this prophecy, the Babylonians are pictured as waters that are rising in the north. They would eventually become an army led by galloping steeds. Jeremiah chapter 47 verse 3. Now let's go to today's reading from the New Testament, Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter 2, beginning with verse 22, and we will read through to chapter 3, verse 17. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Chapter 3. Godlessness in the Last Days But understand this that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Just as Jannes and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also opposed the truth, men corrupted in mind and disqualified regarding the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was that of those two men. You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, 
for correction and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And this concludes our reading from the New Testament from Paul's second letter to Timothy. Flee the evil desires of youth. Young people are susceptible to the lure of experimentation. Therefore, clear boundaries need to be maintained. It is not likely that Paul is thinking only of sexual temptations here, but in the context, the youthful passions of impatience, intolerance, the love of argument, self-assertion, and partiality. Instead, Paul reminds him to seek the opposite, patience, forbearance, gentleness, humility, and fairness. Focus on righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Choose to develop friendships with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart, those who truly know the Lord and know how to pray. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, choose not to get involved in stupid arguments. Model being kind rather than quarrelsome. Turn what could be profitless disputes into teachable moments. Satan is at work attempting to take captive those who are opposing the Lord's servants. Paul gives the order to instruct opponents gently and patiently to recover them from Satan's grip, trusting that God will grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24-26. through 26. In chapter 3, Paul describes the people in the last days, the period known as the Church Age, stretching from Pentecost to the rapture of the Church. Verses 1 through 9 perfectly describes the contemporary God-hating culture, the world system governed by the Prince of Darkness. Whereas Paul tells Timothy to patiently instruct some people, he is to avoid others. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6 and 7. Janes and Jambres were magicians who opposed Moses. Timothy is reminded that there are those who oppose the ministry of the gospel. As Janes and Jambres, they are counterfeit gospel ministers. The good news is that these false ministers will not get very far and soon their fallacy will be exposed. But they will not make further progress, for their folly will be obvious to all, just as Janus and Jambres' folly was also. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 9 Once again, Paul reminds Timothy that persecution is to be expected in the Christian life. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12 Hardships should make Timothy better rather than bitter. Timothy has Paul's example of a steadfast purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance. Paul reminds Timothy of his godly heritage and encourages him to stick to the Scriptures. You, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14-17 through 17. Here we have an affirmation of the full inspiration and sufficiency of Scripture.
full inspiration. All scripture is inspired by God. Complete sufficiency, equipping us for every good work. The immediate benefit of the word is that it gives you wisdom that leads to salvation. How do we get saved from the wrath of God against sin? Through faith in Christ Jesus. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 94, verses 1 through 23. The Lord will not forsake his people. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words. All the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, The Lord does not see. The God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people. Fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thought of man, that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law, to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people, he will not abandon his heritage, for justice will return to the righteous and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought, my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemned the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. The psalmist describes those without faith who live their lives with no regard for God. They are counted as celebrities today, but will be judged tomorrow. They appear jubilant. They pour out arrogant words. They are full of boasting and disdain for the people of God and even condemn the innocent to death. Think of the horrors of abortion. The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are a mere breath. Psalm 94, verse 11. The Lord gives peace to the hearts and minds of those who rest in Him. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. In verse 19, the psalmist affirms both God's patience and vengeance. He recognizes the benefit of divine chastisement that leads to repentance, but he also recognizes that the Lord will ultimately bring about a judgment that is founded in righteousness. Either we trust in the one who bore the judgment for sin on the cross, or we will bear the judgment for sin in our own bodies. But the Lord, who has been my stronghold, and my God, the rock of my refuge, he has brought back their wickedness upon them and will destroy them in their evil. The Lord our God will destroy them. 
Psalm 94, verses 22 and 23. Now let's go to our final stop on our Bible reading tour, the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verses 6 through 8. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and drinks violence. Like a lame man's legs, which hang useless, is a proverb in the mouth of fools. Like one who binds the stone in the sling is one who gives honor to a fool. Fools are as useless as messengers as a lame leg to a runner. If a proverb is not understood, it cannot be implemented. Fools end up destroying themselves. Be careful whom you honor. A person may look like a potential David with a stone in a sling that might be useful against a Goliath, but the stone may be tied to the sling and the man be proved a fool rather than a hero. Let's pray together in the light of the word that we have received. Lord, may we never second-guess your word. Instead of seeking great things for ourselves, we choose to seek your kingdom first and do what seems good in your sight. We know your plan is perfect, and you know what is best for our lives. Continue to renew our minds and inspire our devotion as we go deeper in your word. Your consolations delight our souls. Make us fruit-bearing disciples, faithful ambassadors, and workmen that need not to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. In Jesus' name, amen. We've enjoyed a rich tour today, and God willing, we'll be back tomorrow. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us by writing an email to podcast at newlife.org. And if you would like a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading from the One Year Bible, you can subscribe to a daily email at our website, newlife.org, newlife.org. So my prayer is until next time that you would keep yourself in the love of God, that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you would be mindful of God's great care and true unfailing promises. In Jesus' name, shalom.